Welcome back to the Axiom Youth Podcast. This lesson is entitled The Power of the Holy Ghost. It's being taught by our youth pastor, Brother Jared Turner. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoy. Excellent. We're going to look, I'm going to read from Romans chapter number 14. And I'm just going to keep preaching Sammy Joe's sermon. I did have her. She, I did have her notes, so I just thought I'd. But I better not. I better preach my own sermon. But I could preach hers. She was very well prepared. I'm very proud of her. Did a wonderful job. Um, and what you said, Sammy Joe, is so true about people that tell folks they got the Holy Ghost, and you know. You're not fooling anybody when you tell somebody that they got the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost is real. And when it's real, because it's real, you know when you really got it and when you really did it. And so that's kind of what I want to talk about tonight, because we're going to I'm going to quote Acts chapter one, verse number eight. Because we hear it a lot, but ye shall receive. Power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So that's what I want to talk about tonight, the power of the Holy Ghost. What is the power of the Holy Ghost? What does it look like? What does it feel like? What is the power of the Holy Ghost? Because I would think that if we went around and we asked you that we would have trouble giving a true definition of the word power. What does it mean to be powerful? What does it mean to be powerful? And since, since Sammy Joe has already brought up World War II, I feel completely justified in talking about Winston Churchill. I can just segue that right in. I thought, oh, yes, she's already she opened the door. I'm just going to walk right through. She's already she's already opened it. I'm just going to go right through it because World War II is such a great story about power. And politics and Geog you know, the global politics, it's interesting because what sometimes you think is powerful turns out to be not that powerful. And I think that's true when it comes to the power of God. We've got to know what the true power of God looks like, and we've got to know how to get the power of God in our life. But you shall receive power. What does that mean? We've got to know as young people that are desiring and that have the Holy Ghost, we've got to know what that power means. What does it mean to have power? What does that look like? Because I think the world is upside down on a lot of things, and one of these things that it's upside down on is power. So here's my text. We're referencing Acts 1-8, but I'm going to be reading Romans 14 and verse number 17, one of my favorite verses of Scripture. I use it all the time. You've probably heard me preach it before. It says, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. We're dropping into the middle of an argument. So they're all arguing about whether or not they should follow the Jewish customs of not eating certain meat and not drinking certain things. And, you know, all, just all this. They're just arguing about diets. Right? And I, if you ever heard anybody argue about a diet, you know, keto's better. Low carb is better. No, not really. That's not really what they were doing. But they were sort of like that. They were arguing about food. And so Paul's reminding them that it's not the kingdom of God is not about meat and drink. It's not so much about what kind of steak you eat. But it is 
righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So I love to use this verse as a definition of what your life looks like in the Holy Ghost. So I'm going to use it as what the power of the Holy Ghost looks like. It looks like these three things. It looks like righteousness, peace, and joy. And we're going to talk about why those things are the most powerful things on earth. And that's what the Holy Ghost does for you. It brings you into these things that are powerful. And these things are where power comes from, even in the secular sense, which is sometimes not always what we like to think. And so power is one of those things that people go after with all their heart. It's one of those things that people desire and they push for. Even more than money, sometimes people will push for power. Why? It's interesting. So that's what I want us to think about tonight, the power of the Holy Ghost. So I want you to bow your head right where you're sitting, and I want you to pray with me. God, thank you for the word that we've already heard. Thank you for the challenge, Lord, that Sammy Joe gave to us, Lord, to, have, to fight the little battles, to get the victory. And God, I pray that you would help us tonight, Lord, as we learn about your power. I pray, Lord, that you would give us the victory in this place tonight in every life and every heart. And God, we give you the praise and we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Who are the most powerful people on earth? Who is the most powerful person on earth? The most powerful man in the world. Who do they say that the most powerful man in the world is? Usually. Santa Claus? Probably not Santa Claus. I'm talking about real people that actually live. Not Santa Claus. The president. The president of the United States. They say that he's the most... Whoever is elected president of the United States becomes the most powerful man or woman. We haven't had a woman yet, but could be. Most powerful person in the world. You know why? Why is that? Because there have been a lot of people that had power. There have been a lot of people, I mean, have ever heard the term dictator? What is a dictator? Hitler, yeah, it's a dictator. Somebody that has absolute authority and absolute power. And so sometimes we believe that if you have absolute power, that you can do whatever you want to do, that that is the most powerful form of human strength that you could ever gain. That if you could just get to a, that place where you were absolutely in control of everything, that you would be the most powerful person in the world. But history has proven that theory wrong. That the most powerful people in the world are not the emperors and the despots and the dictators. The people that rule by force and by fear and by making themselves into power by how did Hitler do it? He started he burned down parliament, first of all. And he got a bunch of thugs together and they started intimidating people. Then they bought the votes. Then they assassinated the other candidates. That's how he got power. And he was pretty powerful for a while. Because it 
if you can push yourself into a position of power. But if you got there by force, it's not sustainable. It doesn't last. That's a lesson that history teaches us. And the most powerful people throughout history, throughout modern history, have been people that ruled democratic countries that had the backing of their people. Not just they had the fear of their people, but they had the admiration of their people. They could have been voted out at any moment. In fact, Winston Churchill, because I said I'd bring him in, was voted out the very same year that he won the war. His power was really truly rested in the strength of the English people. And they decided to go with someone else soon after the war ended. But while he was in power, he was the most powerful man in the war. And then they removed it and gave it to another man. And he became the leader of their country and a very, very powerful man. So what I'm trying to I say all that, I'm not trying to bore you with the history lesson. I say all that to say that the way the world and sometimes human nature can think about power really is, can be flipped up on, on its head. Power is not about how much force you can make something happen. There's a, there has to be a genuineness to having any kind of power, to having any kind of lasting influence on a life or on other people. There has to be a genuineness. And so now we come to the application, which is the power of the Holy Ghost. But you shall receive power. That's interesting to me. I hope that's interesting to you. I hope that piques your interest. I hope you say, I want that power in my life. Because I know as young people, a lot of times you feel powerless. I know that. I know that a lot of you're, you're going through life and sometimes you even feel powerless to your own decisions. You say, I wish I could stop doing this or I wish I could become this. And I, you feel limited by the circumstances that you are in. Or your disciplines or whatever. You feel very limited. But there is something that you can have in the Holy Ghost that's called power. You can be free from the current situation that you are in. Now, how does that happen? The problem that I see with our generation right now is that sometimes we get fixated on that other form of power. And we think that power has to take place when we make something happen. Whether you make it happen personally in your life where you try to bully somebody. You know what that is? That's a power play. But guess what? Bullies are weak. They're not in control of their own emotions. They're not in control of their own life. And so that's really weakness coming out as violence. That's not really somebody that's self-confident, somebody that has it all together. That's somebody that is insufficient and they're lashing out. That's not powerful. So we can, we can lash out in these ways. And then sometimes even in church, sometimes we think, that we're going to have power, so we force things to happen. We play the music a little louder, and we push things a little more, and we push people's emotions a little bit more. And we get a big crowd together, and we think that's when the power comes, but not all the time. You know what? Well, there's, there's not that many of us here. It's a little bit of a low crowd. You know, the power of God could move in this place so real that it would just knock your socks off, and there could be no music even. There could be no crowd yelling. There could be no countdown. One, two, three, shout. 
There could be nothing but just God just move in. Now, that's real power. Anything, now, it's not really that powerful when you get a bunch of people together and you scream. That feels powerful. But I've been to football games where that happens. And it feel, you can feel the electricity, they call it, in the air. Or you go to a concert, you can feel it. It's electric. I feel the power. Sometimes they even give you little light-up wristbands. I've seen on Instagram at concerts, and literally the crowd is electric. And they're glowing. I mean, that's powerful in some human form. And then they shoot off fireworks, and, oh, it's even more powerful. But now, if you can have something that surpasses that in a room of six people, now that's real power. Because you didn't need any of this other stuff. And that's real power. There's an authentic genuineness to that. It's kind of like, in my illustration, it's kind of like being an authentic young person. That you don't need to be at the cool table in order to feel self-confident. That's a powerful young person. You can walk into high school and say, you know what, I don't care what you think about me because I know who I am in Jesus Christ. That's a powerful young person. Not a young person that has the right tennis shoes on so they don't get called, what are those? And they got the right jeans on and they got the right sweatshirt on and they got to care what everybody else thinks and they got to say, who said my name over here and which lunch table am I sitting at? That is a weak young person. That's no power there. That is so stupid. Don't forgive my language, but it is to care about all these different things and try to position and posture yourself. That's not power. That's not power. It's weakness. Masquerading is power. It's, it's fake. You can have a lot of friends, but are they really your friends? It's all, if it's all situational. That's what I'm talking about. We don't serve a God that only moves in conferences. That's a, that's a weak God. Situational God. Oh, He only moves when you all get together and scream at the right time with your hands in the right position. We don't serve that kind of God. We serve a God that has real power. A God that doesn't have contrived power because anybody with a stadium can have contrived power. Just fill it up and get people to holler and you've got contrived power. Anybody can do that. But I'm talking about in my closet. I'm talking about when I'm having a bad day. I'm talking about going in and shutting the door. And all of a sudden, I just begin to cry out to the Lord. And then there comes the power. And it's a feeling that can even supersede the concert feeling. Because it's real. Because it's there. Because it's absolutely true. Because power matters. You can have that kind of power. You have access to that kind of power so that you are not held hostage to what everybody else thinks and held hostage to what the world thinks. Because I want you to think about those words, righteousness. Why is righteousness powerful? If you are in the news at all and you listen to the news at all, you will know that there are scandal after scandal. And you know what? If you lived a righteous life, you would be pretty powerful. You would be pretty powerful. If you didn't have any skeletons in the closet, you've got a good bargaining chip because they can't dig up any dirt on you because righteousness is powerful. Because sin, you think you kind of make a deal with it and get away with it, but it'll catch up to you eventually. It'll, that's, that's why we teach chastity. It's a fancy word for sexual purity. Waiting until you are married because that is a position of power that you are in to be a virgin. That is a position of power. 
That means nobody has violated you. You are yourself. But when you give that power to some loser that you will never speak to again, that is weakness. That is not power. That's why we teach our young ladies modesty. Because it's powerful to attract a man that loves you for who you are. Not for some body image that he saw in Playboy magazine and he's just trying to get some broke down version of it in real life and you'll never measure up because they use computer images to make those images that he's looking at and you will never measure up. Ever. That's weakness. That's not power. But people do it because they want to feel powerful. Power's turned up on its head and actually the weakest actions masquerade as the most powerful. It's weakness. It's not power. It's weakness. That's why we teach that. It's not to be mean. That's why God has that in His Word. Not to be, not to be ridiculous. I heard a, a, this lady, she was teaching about, she was a Catholic lady. She was teaching about why the Catholic Church has always had the tradition of the nuns. And, and really, general modesty as well. They've always taught that. It's interesting. They don't agree with much of what the Catholics teach, but it was interesting. And she taught the young ladies that because you have the ability to bear life, that God has to touch because God is the life giver. And whatever God touches becomes sanctified, becomes holy. And whatever is sanctified and whatever is holy in the Old Testament, we cover it. Because not everybody is allowed into the place that is holy. And so it's not a degrading view young ladies, to say that you need to be modest. It shows how much God values you. It shows that He has a touch on your life. And no matter how much you want to be like a man, you're not. Because there's a special place and a special touch that God has on young ladies' lives. A calling. A purpose. And because He has value on your life. He wants you to be in a place of power. That is why we're seeing the Me Too movement coming out of Hollywood because they have taught for years that a lady's power is in her ability to show off everything. And then it's coming out that they're being sexually assaulted on the movie set. Sometimes even on camera. And they're like, why? Why is this happening? Because you took the power out of their life. Because modesty is powerful. Because it gives you a position of power. Because I know who God's called me to be. And I am not intimidated by that magazine rack. I'm not intimidated by that's how I need to look. Because God's called me to be somebody. And because God's put a touch on my life. And because I know in whom I have believed. I know him. Because I've received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Because I've had power in my life. You see, how, you see how breaking down those things would just take the power right out of your hands? And put it right in the hands of some jerk that doesn't care about you? Doesn't love you? Just wants to use and extort. You can have power. Righteousness is powerful. Peace is powerful. 
peace is powerful. It means you're not a slave to anxiety, fear, anxiousness, always worrying about things, always worrying about what other people think. You can get to a place, and I know that's so valuable for young people because there's so much pressure on you. I remember what it's like to be a young person, and there's so much pressure pushing in. You should be like this. You should like this, and you really don't even know what you like. Most of the things that I said I liked were what my friends liked, and I just was trying to fit in. Well, what kind of music do you like, Jared? Well, I mean... uh, I guess I, I, I liked country music, I said, because that's what my friends liked. I hate country music. I hated it back then. I had it on my iPad, but I wouldn't, or my iPod. That's how old I am, pod. You remember that? When, when there was no A in iPad, there was an iPod with an O. iPod and an iPod. Didn't have a color screen, black and white screen. Like, you know, like look like a little, one of those old cell. Have you ever seen one of those? No, you, Christopher's never seen one. A little black and white screen, iPod mini. I had, you know what? When the country songs would come on, skip. I hated them, but I had them on there. I like country music because my friends did, you know, and so I, I thought I did. It's a different thing. I, I didn't really like it. You see, you just don't know. You're just so, there's so much pressure coming at you. So I know how valuable it is. To have peace. Because peace is genuine. Peace is confident. I'm not worried about what other people think of me. I'm not worried about what other people like. I'm going to do what I want to do because I've got my desires from the Lord. Because really when, you're, when you, young people think, oh, I'm doing what I want to do, most of the time you're doing what someone else wants you to do. You're trying to fit in with the friend group or you're trying to conform to some image on Instagram that you saw that you don't even really know is you really even feel like you want to be, but you just kind of draws you in and you think that's who you need to be. So it's so hard to get to that place as a young person, except in the power of the Holy Ghost. That's when real creativity and real uniqueness can be formed is in the power of the Holy Ghost. That is when real, you, a real unique touch can be formed in your life. When you get the power of God working in your heart. Before that, you're just walking to the beat of somebody else's drum. But there's peace. And I'm going to interpret that peace as self-confidence. There's self-confidence, not based on your abilities, not based on who you are, because the truth is, if we had to base our confidence on just who we are, we would all fall short. We would all feel insufficient. But when you can base who you are on the power that God gives, there's real confidence in that power. Lastly, the power of the Holy Ghost is joy. Joy. And I've said it a little bit before, but I'm, I'm going I'm to connect joy to genuineness. To a genuine type of happiness. Not one that is fleeting. That comes when... 
you get whatever. You get a new pair of shoes that will be dirty in a few months. Or you get a new outfit that will be wore out next year. Or you play a video game that you will beat in three straight days of binge playing it, and then it will be, have been a wasted effort and wasted $60, and you'll never play it again. Or a TV show that you binge watch. Christopher, are you leaving? Okay. That you binge watch on Netflix, and then it goes off, and you never see that storyline again. You never see those characters again. Fleeting, momentary happiness. It's not what the Holy Ghost brings. The power of the Holy Ghost brings something else. It brings a genuine joy to your life. One that never goes away. One that never falls apart. One that never gets old. One that, one that never runs out. One that doesn't bring you bad health. One that doesn't change as you get older. One that stays with you. It's a genuine satisfaction in your life. No matter what your life looks like, you can be satisfied with it in the power of the Holy Ghost. That's why the church is the place where people from all different walks of life, rich people and poor people, can come together. And they're not envious of one another. I'm not envious of what anybody else has. If they have more than me, I'm not envious of that because I am content with where I am in my life because I have the power of the Holy Ghost. And I don't have the nicest cars, and I don't have the nicest clothes, and I don't have the most money in the bank, but what I have, I would not trade for anything in this world because there is a true joy that comes with living in the power of the Holy Ghost. Not just when you get it at an altar, but as you begin to walk in it, as it envelops your life, as it touches you and as it blesses your life, there's a satisfaction that the world does not have. That's, that is so bizarre to me. I just, I, I was so hit with the, I'm sorry, I've been so in the news lately, but I was just hit by the guy at Amazon, the richest man in the world, just got a divorce. He had so much money. We can't even fathom how much money he has. $167 billion is how much he was worth. He could have bought anything in the world, but he couldn't buy peace in his home. Couldn't buy peace in his home. It couldn't make his marriage work. Because it didn't satisfy. It wasn't the true, genuine joy. I'm sure he was happy when Amazon became a trillion dollar company. The company that he started. I'm sure there were moments, and there are moments of happiness and contentment. But I, let me tell you, there's nothing like the power of the Holy Ghost working in your life. I'm not just talking about a moment at an altar, at a conference. Although many people do get filled with the Holy Ghost at an altar, at a conference. And that's fine. But I'm talking about walking in it. I'm talking about living it. I'm talking about having it every day. I'm talking about letting it strengthen you and letting it touch you. So if you do not have the Holy Ghost, you need to desire the Holy Ghost. And like Sammy Joe said, you need to want it. Because you've got to want God before He's going to come to you. You've got to actually desire Him. And you've got to say, God, this is my life. These are the problems. And I want you to touch this problem and that problem. And you've got to start fighting those little battles so that God can fill you with the Holy Ghost. So that you can go on to a bigger and a better battle. 
so that you can affect not only your life, but maybe your family's life. And not only your family's life, but maybe your friend's life. And maybe at your school. There's only way you're going to reach your school is if you're full of the Holy Ghost. And if you fought the battle of your life, then God can use you to reach out to somebody else. There is a progression in the kingdom of God. Paul said, I have to constantly come back and teach you over and over again and give you the milk of the word, but you need to move on to something else. I'm tired of having to constantly encourage you, encourage you, encourage you. I'm trying to get you to move somewhere else, he said, to something deeper. You get there. By the power of the Holy Ghost. You get there by having a real, genuine relationship with God. Where God can just move in. Wherever you're at. In your room. At youth service. It doesn't matter. Whenever there's a heart that opens up, God can move in there. God can touch a life. If you'll stand, I'm, I'm done. If they come to the music. It doesn't take a lot in terms of the flesh, in terms of effort from talent or stage setting or organization to allow the power of the Holy Ghost to move. It just takes one heart. Just one heart. And power can begin to flow. One heart. I remember, of course, the story of Daniel. When he was first taken to Babylon and there was so much pressure to conform just be like everybody else and eat the king's meat you'll get me in trouble if you don't Daniel said I'm going to be committed to God's plan for my life so no he spoke up and then others joined him one voice one heart And you know what God did? He blessed those that took a stand. And the the man that was over them said, the king will kill me because you will be so malnourished by not eating any of this meat. He will think I did something wrong to you. And they convinced him to trust them. And when this king saw them, that group that had kept themselves to the covenant of God, they looked healthier because the power of God had strengthened their life. Because the power of God works more than the power of this world. The world has power. There's power in money. There's power in influence. There's power in politics. But it doesn't touch the genuine, righteous, self-confident, joy that comes with a life that is surrendered to God. Here's what I want us to do. I want you to close your eyes. Just remembering that it just takes one heart. I wonder who that one person could be. It might be more than one. 
that just says on this Wednesday night, I need the power of God to fill my life. I need power over my circumstances. I need power over my sin. I need power over my actions. I need power over my family. Not a, not a manipulative power, but a genuine power that comes from God. One heart can be open tonight. I wonder if we could just begin to lift our hands right where you are and just begin to pray. Start fighting those little battles. Start saying, God, where, where, where in my heart, Lord, is holding me back from being who you've called me to be? Lord, I want you to have that part of my life. I want you to have that part in my life. I want you to fill me. Come on, right now, God can move into this place and God can fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost right now. God can renew you in the Spirit right now. It, does, it doesn't take a lot of yelling or a lot of people around you. It's just one hungry heart that says, God, I want you to fill my life. God, I want you to touch me. God, I need you to renew me. If you've had the Holy Ghost before, God can fill you again. God can touch you again one more time. Maybe it's been a little while since you felt His presence and you just need to be reminded of who you are in Him. Let's just take a little time right now and wait on the Lord. God, we love You, Jesus. And God, we need Your power, Lord, to come into this place and encourage these young people. God, we need You to strengthen them, God, and we need You to touch them, Lord, and help them to recommit, God, to giving their life to You. Lord, this world has so many messages and so many things for us, God. But Lord, we need to hear from you. God, we need your voice to penetrate all the noise of our life. And we need you, Lord Jesus, just to touch us and just to bless and just to strengthen. God, Lord, I pray that you would touch these young people. God, I know there's young people that have a call of God on their life. I know there's young people that have been called to do great things for you, but we're only going to accomplish that through the power of the Spirit. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would touch and that you would bless. You would lift us up and that you would strengthen. God, I pray in your name. This has been an episode of Axiom Youth Student Ministries. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you've enjoyed and we hope you'll come back for the next one. Thank you for tuning in.